Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. How's it going? Not too shabby. I mean, a little bit shabby, but not super duper shabby. Mostly shabby just because uh, you got to play Frostpunk and I didn't, and that makes me sad. Ah, yeah, but like, <laughs> here's the story, folks. Uh, I I got it. We both got access to Frostbunk DLC, and I played quite a bit of it last night to the point where <laughs> I, I was on Steam and I messaged you because I saw you booted up at like midnight, um, and then I realized <laughs> it was midnight when I saw that happen. Um, yeah, you can always tell that when I'm logging into things, Ryan's like, "Damn, Joss is starting to play games. I need to go to bed." <laughs> <laughs> well, my my brain was like i i uh it was maybe like nine o'clock ashley and i watched we finished up tales from the loop on on amazon and that that is a sad show so i don't recommend anybody watch that <laughs> it's very sad it's it's i don't get it i know it should be happier but uh then i switched over to frostpunk and, and i think that show this piece of dlc is actually a little more upbeat than that show which is surprising because frostpunk wow. is super depressing <laughs> Yeah, um, that is definitely saying something about that show. I've never even heard of that show, but if Frostpunk is uplifting afterwards, <laughs> then holy hell. <laughs> this specific DLC, which which takes place after the main campaign, it is a pseudo sequel to the to the main campaign where New London has succeeded. It's it's uh uh quote unquote flourishing it survived the great storm as i think the qualifier they gave it so so i started playing around nine o'clock ashley pops into the office and says hey i'm going to bed this is around 10 and i said okay i'll be up in 15 minutes you know i gotta get up and take care of uh three kids dad <laughs> yeah so i'm like i'm gonna be responsible 11 o'clock and you know but t- today i'm gonna come to bed in 15 minutes so I look at the clock again, and it's like, oh, it's been 15 minutes. And then I look at the clock. Oh, it's 11. And then I see Jocelyn starting to play Frostpunk. Oh, it's midnight. And then I continue <laughs> to play for another about a half hour when I finally realize, like, if I don't stop, I'm not going to stop. And that will be an even darker problem. Yeah, uh, that would be a real bad morning. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. Too many coffees would be required. Not enough uh, Keurig capsules to handle that tired uh tired dad but uh yeah you booted up at midnight and i was telling you so basically the, it's it is frostpunk and it is amazing and but i'm also sad because it's the last one where we got a lot of content for this base game including the dlc and i'm just i'm kind of i'm happy that they that they've decided this is this is the end for frostpunk but i'm also a little sad you know it's it, it, it's oh definitely thing. I feel like this is the first game in a really long time that I have stuck with over its entire like DLC season pass type thing. Like usually I'll be like, oh, I'm really enjoying this game and I'll buy the season's pass. And then I just kind of like fall off it or I don't notice that there's been more content or like Raft was a really big one. I was like, I didn't play that for like 18 months. And then they were like, oh, by the way, here's the 1800 things you can do now. Uh, but Frostpunk, I feel like I was just, I was always right on top of it. There was new DLC that came out and I was super stoked about it. And, you know, now we've kind of hit hit the end. We've hit the last piece of DLC in the season's pass. And I'm pretty bummed, to be honest, because the game is just so addictively fun. It's like this um, simulation city manager with the survival twist. Like, I don't know, man. They hit a lot of real great points with just the game in general. And I know 
I've raved about Frostpunk every time that we've covered it. And I'm really glad that this last piece of like story DLC, pseudo sequel, whatever you want to call it. I'm glad that it's, you know, um, continuing on that vein. I mean, obviously it's built on the base game. So mechanics wise, it's going to be great. But I'm glad that they were able to cap off the story in a satisfying manner because um, uh, this is a game I'm really going to miss updates from. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. Uh, I am going to I'm going to miss the updates as well. And I think Frostpunk as a as a product did very well for uh, the developer. And I would love to see a sequel. But this piece of DLC, I think, really shines a light on the fact that it's good this is the last one because they've really they've really wrung it out like they've really found a way to to make a unique scenario every time that has a little bit of a a twist on the classic frostpunk gameplay but they're not adding any incredibly large layers like there's no new resource there's a new mechanic in this one but there's no there's no 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 new resources to to sort of gather um and i think if you were to look at a proper sequel to to frostpunk you could probably look at how how the how the survivors choose to continue living in the world and you get a sense of that in this one there is some things you did and you know jocelyn didn't get a chance to play so we are gonna i'm gonna save my like our in-depth conversation for next week when you have had a chance to play but in this one, you do come across some some scenarios where you are starting to see people uh, take advantage of of the 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 way the land has been changed by the great storm and the great storm ending, and that is an interesting tease of what could be done in a Frostpunk two sequel or in a, sorry in a Frostpunk two, but they don't quite get there. The, the, this could easily serve as like a, a a narrative to be what could come next. But I don't like they've clearly set this up as this is the end of Frostpunk, you know? Yeah. And 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 to do it, do anything further past this point would require a sequel with similar but new mechanics, right? Because eventually all the wood's going to going to be gone because, I mean, wooding, you know, trees aren't growing. It's yeah, it's, it's a yeah. firm. It, firm there's a, there's kind of a, a natural end, right? Which. I mean, that that's where sequel interest comes for me, right? Is like, okay, so if we're going to survive in this frozen wasteland, what does that actually look like? You know, six months, a year, five years, 10 years into the future, like wherever you kind of want to pick the story up. Because you're right. Yeah, no trees are going to grow in a frozen wasteland. Is that the end of the world? Like, uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I think that... Um, there's always the like endless survival mode thing. There's, you know, a lot of different things that you can do still in Frostpunk. Like you just because there's no more story doesn't mean there's no more game. You can still play. So there's that. But uh, I'm looking forward to actually getting my hands on it and giving it a try. It releases on the 20th, which is this Thursday. So um, I, I think I forget what it's called. Something about the end or and over the edge or edge of tomorrow edge. or something. Oh, on You're the close. edge. There we go. It's, uh, it's not, <laughs> not a Tom the Cruise edge of movie. tomorrow. No. Which I think is two uh, edge Tom Cruise movies. Isn't there, isn't there like a mountain probably. climbing one? Or is that still? I don't know. 90s. I don't remember much of it. I was very young. Um, but yeah, the, the, the basic scenario for the DLC, as you said, it comes out on uh, on the 20th. And it's a really cool setup. New London being the last sort of surviving city after the Great Storm. You are an outpost and you're this is right all at the beginning. Your job is to be what, what you would imagine is an outpost. You're trying to scavenge from this military uh, installation 
And there's some tech, that's where they get into the new stuff where there's a whole part of the resources tech tree solely devoted to making it easier to rip steel and steam cores out of that military uh, function. And essentially the game sets up this new mechanic where you are communicating with New London and sending them resources in exchange for food. So that's the sort of general understanding you have between uh, the main city and the colony that you've set up here. And, And they have the whole tech trees and resources and it's limited and you're encouraged to trade and explore so it's it's really cool and i I mean i was up for i was up too late last night playing so you can imagine how so jocelyn maybe (laughs) start hours later (laughs) yeah not at midnight (laughs) well the reason i started playing so late is because i last night was my first chance that i actually got to sit down with dead by daylight to try out their new feature because dead by daylight has now launched uh, not only cross friends, but cross play. So now uh, the entire Dead by Daylight community is playing with each other. So anytime that I log into Dead by Daylight now, we are cross playing with uh, Nintendo Switch. We are cross playing with Xbox and PS4 and Windows Store and Steam. Like all of us are in the same pool of players now. And uh, last night was the first time I actually got a chance to party up with one of my friends that plays on Xbox which is amazing because I made an account on Xbox and I absolutely hated playing over there because I had to play with my controller and I didn't have all my stuff. And Dead by Daylight takes freaking forever to level up your characters and unlock all the perks. And I was like, oh man, I'm starting all over. There's like four years worth of content I have to unlock. Plus there's new stuff coming all the time. Like I'm never going to catch up. I wish I could just play on my PC account but with my Xbox friend. And now you can. <laughs> you can play with people and, on the Switch, right? Like if someone owned it on the Switch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so basically um, now everybody, you can search for people right within Dead by Daylight. So in your kind of Steam, whatever platform you're playing on, your friends list from that platform is automatically like imported But now you can actually add people to your friends list from other platforms. So I was able to just search for his Xbox name with like another extra like code afterwards, much like a battle tag. If you're familiar with like Blizzard's properties, it's like, you know, insert name here, hashtag random four numbers. Um, So you just search for that friend code in right in your Dead by Daylight game. And you can just add them to your friends list and it's then seamless. Like you can't even tell who's on what platform or anything else. There's just like a little um, like world icon that kind of shows that they're somewhere else that isn't in my case on Steam. So, but other than that, it was complete. Like we had no problems queuing up. We had no problems finding matches. We had uh, like no problems with connections or anything else. Like, There was a a couple of times where like I would be healing him that sometimes I would notice like my skill checks were a little bit jittery. So there was some like lag, but it was not like game breaking in any way, shape or form. Like it it worked really, really well. And I'm sitting here going like, why isn't every game like this? Yeah. Crossplay is is a is an amazing thing that all all games of this type should employ, because really what it does is it just expands the player base, right? Oh and yeah, I think, our matches were way faster. Yeah, and that sounds fantastic because I remember the the minimal time that I have played Dead by Daylight during our extra life streams. It's the, is when you have a 
when you're doing matchmaking, sometimes it takes a bit for, for it to fill out, right? Especially even if you're waiting for one person. So it's nice that they've kind yeah. of expanded upon. Now, is it all platforms? Even even Sony's getting in on the fun or is it just? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's everything. Um, yeah. So PS4, Xbox, Switch, um, Windows Store and Steam. I think the only thing that is not currently included is mobile because you can play Dead by Daylight on mobile. But um the dead by daylight mobile is so different than um the basically the way that it works on the more traditional like platforms so yeah it's it's it doesn't quite mesh as easily as the other platforms where we're playing basically the same game another question that comes to mind is basically so this is a game that can be played on keyboard or a controller and whenever you in- introduce crossplay that always seems to be a concern people have is, oh, you know, people playing on keyboard and mouse, they're going to have a an advantage, quote unquote. Do you have the ability to matchmake and say, I like if I'm on PC, I only want to play against PC players or I'm on console and I only want to play against console players? Is that a, do you have that ability in matchmaking? Absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely opt out if you don't want to cross play. But then they do have a warning that like, hey, if you opt out, you're basically putting yourself into a much smaller pool because not only are you restricted to your own platform, but then, you know, others on your platform are going to be joining this larger pool, which is then going to make your pool even smaller. And uh, I've got to say, I mean, obviously, before Cross Friends and Cross Play came out, um, you know, my cues were what they were. And I would occasionally see another little world icon because they actually like soft rolled this out just between like Steam and the Windows Store. So like just putting all the PC players into one pool. But the vast majority of people that I was matching up against were just on Steam. Like, there's not a whole lot of people that went and bought it in the Windows Store because who uses the Windows Store? Let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I very much got like um, I would see them every once in a while. But um, now when I'm solo queuing, I'm almost always like usually I'll get a killer who's on um, Steam or so like a PC killer. But like most of the other survivors are on a console of some kind. It doesn't tell you like who's on switch versus who's on um, Xbox versus who's on PlayStation four. It just basically says these people are on a, an alternate platform to your own. But, uh, but yeah, it will tell if there's no little icon, then you know that they're playing like basically in your environment. So if there's no little icon, I know they're PC players on steam. That's really cool. But yeah. So like so you can you can opt out, but then you're you're kind of putting yourself off into a little corner and your queue times are going to be much longer. That being said, if I were because you're you're totally right about the the potential issue between people uh, playing on PC in terms of just like lags and frame rates and and you know input devices with your mouse and keyboard versus those playing on consoles with um, controllers, that that's often a concern. I feel like it's less so with Dead by Daylight because it's not a shooter. There's definitely some killers that are a lot easier to play, like uh, Nurse and Huntress are a lot easier to play. Probably actually Gunslinger too. Um, I've never tried him on console, but I can see how he would, because he's another kind of aim and shoot character, right? So I can see how he would be a little bit difficult without a keyboard and mouse. But in general, 
most of the things that you do, or I guess all the things you do as a survivor, most of the things you do as a killer, uh, they, they don't really necessarily need that like pinpoint accuracy that something like a, a COD or a PUBG or something would need. You know, you're not like shooting projectile, like bullet type things at your opponents. So there's a little bit of room for like error there. Um, but that being said, like, I don't actually know if I would want to be like an Xbox killer going up against um, like PC survivors. And I haven't really seen any killers that are like off platform from me in my matches so far. But um, that doesn't mean they don't exist. Um, there's definitely a ton of of off platform survivors now, though. Hmm. Interesting. Which means killer cues are going to be like instant. <laughs> yeah. Well, that when which is good, right? I mean, yes, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're you're always looking for more survivors than you are killers, and exactly, yeah. I think when you look at this game, it's it's pro- like ace a. Uh, I don't want to say it's not asynchronous, but four v one like offset multiplayer uh, matches. It's sort of critical to have it's uh, as- asymmetrical. Asymmetrical. You're looking for. I knew yeah. it was, uh, I knew it was a, You were close. You were I close. Was. I just got stuck on and asynchronous. And some call it asynchronous because they say that the lag is so bad that what the killer sees is not what the survivor sees, but they're just salty. Yeah. Yeah. This ain't no. Uh, what was that? What was that game we played that was asynchronous? Hero Academy. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. I was using it as a. Anyways. Um. Yes. Hero Academy. Uh, man, I miss. Remember when they made a sequel and it was not great. Uh, it was so terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Dead by Daylight. No, it's 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 fascinating to see a develop developer like this open up. I don't think we've seen. Well, obviously, Fortnite is the one that comes to mind as as the big one that that got crossplay and and that was a huge deal. I mean, it literally changed the industry. Um, but I remember when Rocket League got, you know, crossplay, that was a huge deal because that is primarily a controller based uh, game. But now that Dead but like, this is a great opportunity for, for smaller multiplayer games. I, I think Dead by Daylight, you could, you could probably lump in as like a medium sized player base in comparison to, say, the Counter Strikes and the Rainbow Sieges oh, yeah, of the world. Yeah. Um, this is a great way to continue to have this feverish fan base, but uh, reward your players with with uh, low low match cues i i think it's great and i hope it sounds like they implemented it really well which is which is awesome it's great to hear it's been surprisingly seamless i i was a little bit worried i was worried about you know lag and stuff like that but my load times on my xbox were so incredibly painfully long that it was it was just really nice to to be able to um have the experience with my xbox friends while i played on pc the one piece of this that they say is coming, but they're, it's it's still a ways out because they're trying to negotiate across a bunch of different platforms and it has to do with actual like money things. But basically, they're trying to do cross progression as well, which will essentially take all of your accounts, whether like so if you're someone like me that started off on Steam, but then wanted to play with other friends on another platform, so then made another account on Xbox like that Xbox account has real money currency on it. That Xbox account has progression, um, like in terms of like XP that I earned while I was playing over there. So eventually sometime uh, this year, they're hoping to have finished all of the kind of negotiating with the, with the PlayStation store and the Xbox store and everything else so that they can roll everybody's accounts into one, which will be great. Cause I have like, I have a lot of stuff sitting over on Xbox that I wish I could have like, 
put into my PC somehow. Like, because basically, right before they announced they were doing uh, cross-platform play and cross-friends, um, basically, I, I went, okay, look, I'm playing with you guys over on Xbox once or twice a week. I'll just invest in the game. I love the game. It's fine. And so I bought, like, the big, like, Oryx Cell, which is their, like, paid currency. Like, I bought the big bundle, and I'm like, I'm going to buy some cosmetics. I'm going to buy some perks. Like, I'm going to kind of get my Xbox account to a place where I'm happy to play on it. And then literally, like, the next week, they were like, by the way, cross friends. I was like, damn it. Oh. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, so I'm sitting with a bunch of currency over on that account that I wish that I could, like, put on my main account. But that's part of the problem, right, is... You know, I paid Xbox for that. And then, um, you know, I didn't necessarily pay uh, behavior directly. I didn't pay Steam. Like there's there's a lot of, I think, negotiating that has to happen there to get all the currencies and all the progression into one place. But um, they are promising that that'll be happening sometime this year. So uh, eventually, by the end of 2020, I will have one Dead by Daylight account with all my stuff somehow. (laughs) That sounds great. This will be great. Yeah, I'm oh. so stoked. They're doing awesome stuff over there. Yeah, well, that which that, I keep saying, and I, yeah. I've I've converted a few people over to Dead by Daylight. So <laughs> you may, yeah, you're just uh, you're out there uh, singing the the good verses, fighting the good fight, yeah, fighting the good fight, <laughs> um, releasing the cool killers. I don't know. Um, have they done what was the they they haven't done um, it yet, right? The clown. No, um, they have not. They did uh, Pyramid Head, so Silent Hill oh, was right. the most recent one. And then uh, they just released the the PTV today, actually, with the next uh, Killer and Survivor, and they are, uh, like, Dead by Daylight exclusives, like their original IP killers and Survivor. So um, the killer, I, I don't know... Um, Initial reactions from the couple of streamers I watched were like, WTF is this? But uh, I, maybe he's just the kind of thing that you need to get used to. I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. It's, it's definitely interesting and, and fits really well into the like, lore of the Dead by Daylight universe. They're really trying to kind of like lean into doing their own thing, as well as you know, bringing super popular um, outside franchises into the fold. So that, again, they're, they're doing great stuff. Yeah, you don't want to fall into that trap of uh, of being known as the which what's the next famous movie video yeah. game killer are we going to adapt you know TV show and and I think from which an outsider they've kind of been they've... going they've been going like um, known IP and then own IP and then known and then their own thing they've they've been going like back and forth over the past like year or so like they did. Um, Ghostface, and then they did their own dude and then they did stranger things and then they did their own dude and then they did um the silent hill stuff and then now we're back to their own so they're they're really like going like one for one basically like original ip with you know known horror entity which is uh which is pretty cool it's a good it's a good balance <laughs> no that's literally good. one for one <laughs> you got to do that or else you become known as the as the uh the hollywood sort of what are we what do we adapt what are we licensing next right I, yeah I, yeah i think it's smart of them to do that so it's good to get into that back and forth and then uh finally this week you got some time into uh, a game that i didn't even realize you were going to play but ghosts of of sashimi which is not Shishima. what it's actually called but uh, to uh, I don't even think it I'm is. not screwing it up on purpose. I don't know no. why. I just I look at this game and I'm like, I can't. I can't. You know what so you sh- need to do? Sashimi. Sh- 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 
give, just give me a second. Wait, wait, wait. Just give me a second. Okay, I'm going to make okay. two quick changes. And I'm over there. Now read it. Sashima. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Sashima. No, there's no H at the front. <laughs> now read that. Sushima. I don't know. No? Anyway, uh, closer. I thought maybe removing the T would help. Anyways, it's Ghost of Sh- Damn it. Ghost of Shishima. <laughs> you just gotta roll through like you 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 own it. Cause I'm not even saying it right. They say it in game and it's that's 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 not how I So just are, say uh, it really fast and hope nobody corrects you. <laughs> yeah, you just call it ghost of Sh- you can't call it ghost because Call of Duty already, you know, co-opted true. that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm playing ghost. How about it's we like, call it G O T? Oh wait. Nope, can't do that. I already, <laughs> can't I tried use that. it. I tried it, and sometimes you talk about that, and you say, oh, "Man, that that final hour in uh, in in GOT was amazing." And then you get yelled off the internet. Literally, you're it's not allowed true. back on. Yeah, no, the the nerds uh, will not allow you back on Twitter after a statement like that. <laughs> so you have to call it Ghosts of Shishima, and you just you roll with it. I uh, was not planning on picking this one up, but we had Crofton on a couple weeks ago, and he spoke somewhat highly of it and after finishing somewhat last, highly was well, enough to convince you it there was well what convinced me was uh i'm not a big samurai guy and but i am a fan of well done open worlds and i like what sucker punch has done what was holding me back was essentially the game being described as this this video game ass video game and it very much is that but what really won it for me was the combat is sort of a mix between Backham, Bat, Backham, Batman, <laughs> Arkham Asylum type stuff, and uh, in the old Assassin's Creed games. So not uh, not the Origin and Odyssey one, but the ones before that, where they had the the sort of the the counter system and your ability to sort of combo um, once you break a parry. Or no, sorry, you do a parry, right? So the old school Assassin's Creed and the much below. I love the Batman combat. So it's very much a mix between the two. But where it uh, and don't I'm not gonna I'm gonna lose you a bit here. It kind of also <laughs> is a bit Dark Soulsy, you know. In, I'm out. Yeah, and, <laughs> I'll be and, back in ten minutes. You just continue on, and then you know, text me when you're done. Yeah. Well, the, here's the, here's the thing. The, the way what they take from Dark Souls is really just the strategy of how you need to uh, how you need to approach combat. So, for example, when you come into the game, you're very much a samurai with a sword and you're going against other people with swords. So you're you're parrying and you're attacking very much like Batman. You get a counter ability. So if you parry at the right moment and the window is very generous, you parry at the right moment and then you t- and you're able to do a swift takedown so that's where it's very much like batman and and uh, assassin's creed where it gets into a bit more of the dark souls ish is early on it starts to introduce new weapons that you're you're fighting against guys with shields and you're fighting against guys with spears and for the spears you have to sort of sidestep for the shields you eventually unlock a new stance called the water stance and there are i think four stances and you can switch between them on the fly and basically what the water stance does is it allows you to properly counter the shield guys because it allows you to do more heavy attacks more quickly in succession take down their block and then and then finish it off so it's very much like dark souls and there there are these windows where you're parrying and you're dodging but it's very forgiving it's not like dark souls where you miss one and you're done and i think that's my core issue with dark souls but it felt very much like you mess up and you and the game is going to punish you 
In this, if you mess up, there are plenty of opportunities for you to bounce back. So it's, it should not necessarily be a, a, a thing that throws you off. However, and again, in not in a bad way, even for you, Jocelyn, I'm going to also compare it to another game you loved, which was Breath of the Wild in terms of its open world. <laughs> you're just, you're checking all the boxes here right now. <laughs> I know. And, and I think where, if we think back to the lovely Switch launch and Breath of the Wild and the conversations we had, the open world is, is where I kind of got that Breath of the Wild vibe. And I haven't read a lot of reviews for Ghosts of Tsushima. I've only had a couple conversations with, you know, a couple people about it. And as I was traversing through the open world, I got that Breath of the Wild feel in that I am in this vast, beautiful, great sounding open world where it's very, uh, there's a lot of ambience, ambience, there's a lot of just, it's nature and you're in it and you're enjoying it and, and you're to yourself. Um, but however, unlike Breath of the Wild, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff around um, in the sense that when you come across a village, there are people there. There are people traveling along the roads. A lot of the arguments you had about Breath of the Wild's open world, which were warranted, is that it felt very much like an empty world. And I think when the developers played Breath of the Wild, they looked at that open world and they they took the best parts of it, the traversal, the exploration, the quieter moments of an open world game, and ratcheted up just enough so that it didn't feel like it was empty. So. I got that Breath of the Wild vibe, but not the extent where I was like, I'm going to get laughed off the show if I use it as an example. <laughs> Unless you're not here, in which I should text you. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, think, uh, I, I think it does it, it does address some of the issues you had with Breath of the Wild. But for me, the game has been very much a nice <laughs> It addresses game. some of the issues I had with Breath of the Wild in not a Nintendo or not a Zelda game. <laughs> Yeah, and I know that was one of the core issues is that it's it's not Zelda, it's not them making Zelda back but or better yeah. but hey, you know what they announced Skyward Sword they haven't announced it but Skyward Sword might be coming back on Switch. So maybe they're listening, I don't know. No, that was a joke. It was a bad joke. Um but what I'll say is I'm still very early on in Ghost of Tsushima. I need to get some more time in it before I I go in depth, but I am very much enjoying the change of pace from The Last of Us where it's very much more relaxed. When you're not in combat, combat is a little <laughs> stressful because um, it is partially a stealth game. If you want it to be, you can go about it stealth or you can do this really cool thing, Jocelyn, where you walk up to the gates of an enemy encampment and then you get a standoff button and your your character just like yells. He says, hey, send your strongest enemy out. And then you duel and that like kicks off like a big fight as opposed to just sneaking around and stabbing dudes. You can just right. go in and be like, you could just come fight me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it works. It, it, you know what? It, d- that they is the, your way in the front door. <laughs> yeah, that is the samurai way, right? Is, is to face them in the eye. And I'm, I'm not a big samurai person, but I've, I'm, I'm learning like, okay, you know, look them in the eye when you when you stab them. That's that is the samurai code. <laughs> and that seems to be drilled into you every time you accidentally stealth kill someone is your character will just be like, oh, I'm so sorry, uncle. I'm like, no one's around. What? You're going to give away our position. You keep. You keep the apologizing to your own. Yeah, like he's not here, man. He's not some spirit or something. He can't see you doing this. You're trying to save him. You're trying to save Shishima from from these people. The I think they're the Mongols. I don't know. Like I don't know much about what's going on. Uh but 
It, it I is, played hours. I don't know any story. It is the Mongols. I, I'm, I'm of course kidding. It is the Mongols. They are invading, and uh, there's even a Khan in there. Uh, not Genghis Khan is, is referenced. I don't know the timeline specifically, but I think it's one of his cousins or nephews. Anyways, uh, see, but yeah, the, the the music and environments are amazing. The combat does feel good. I just need to unlock. A lot of people are saying, like, in order for the combat to get really enjoyable, you have to unlock more of the uh, uh, abilities and stuff. So early on, I was very much like, there's not enough combat in this game. That's been something I've been trying to get more of. And um, without the unlocks, it's been it's it's been a little more basic, but uh, I am enjoying it. It, The thing the worst part about it for me is it's too serious. It takes itself way too seriously, Mm. like. There's no, I was talking about this in Discord, there's no, like, levity, like, even Brett, or even uh, Last of Us Part 2 had, had levity, and that is a, that is a, that, that is, is a, a sad dark, game. sad game. <laughs> yeah, and, but in this, it's, it is also dark, like, you know, a bunch of people die at the beginning, and, and you are, you are left for dead, and you're trying to save your uncle and stuff, and, of course, yeah, there's not going to be many jokes being cracked, and one of the first missions is, like, you have to help save my brother, he's been taken, and you have to, you have to come help me kill a former student because she's she's like turned on us. It's like, oh man, they're really not presenting us with any like fun side missions. Uh, but then I was reminded you can pet foxes and then you can get completely naked and go for a hot spring bath. So maybe there is a balance there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's going to be my sort of play it when I get a chance to just sit back and, and enjoy the visuals because that that's been my favorite part is, is the music. They've really done a great job there, and the environments look great. The uh, the the voice acting is good, but the sort of cinematic portions of it, where they're sort of like talking to each other, is very plain. Just a lot of people standing around. Like I said, they take themselves very seriously. So there's not when there's no action on screen, it's very much like two people standing and talking to each other. Whereas The Last of Us had a lot of like it was a TV show basically. Whenever they were in, engaging in conversation, this mm-hmm. feels more video gamey. Which is fine because it is a video game, so it's not a big right. Deal. Um, but I gotta get more time with it. I, I gotta give it a little more time because it is a big, it is a big game, and I hate to basically talk about its first few hours and and then forget who we're fighting. And leave it and, there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, they they did announce they're going to be adding a free co op online experience coming in the fall, which is kind of interesting. Feels like they'll play more on the combat uh, side of things there, and it's kind of interesting that they would add like a co op later on. This is. And kind of the Sucker Punch really hasn't done anything like this before, so it's it's kind of neat they're they're going to be supporting it post launch with something like this. Very cool. Um, so I mean, I I'm I'm still probably not going to pick it up, but I'm glad that you're giving it a chance, and I know that if you feel that I really will enjoy it, that I know you'll talk me into it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't. Uh... I didn't necessarily come out to do that because I used probably two of the worst examples, but really like it's, it's a game that, um, if you really want to play something on the PS4 and you want something that's a little more laid back and again, it is a little serious, but not like it's serious and it fits within the samurai because that is, that is samurai content. It's, it's, it's serious stuff. Like I think I joked when we talked about it, the lat, the, the samurai movie I remember seeing is that Tom Cruise one, right? And yeah, which is not which, a great example. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is not what they're basing this off of, uh, or there'd be, there'd be issues. Um, but it's, it's very serious, which I think is very, 
attuned to the subject matter they're trying to cover here. Um, but yeah, it's if you're not interested in booting up the PS4, like that was the main reason I picked it up. It's like, you know what? I want something that I can sort of trail off, you know, the rest of this generation with and kind of, you know, poke at over the next few months because there really yeah. isn't anything else coming for the PS4 that's that's going to, you know, keep it busy. So, yeah, have we're it all just kind of sitting waiting for news on the on the PS5 and the uh, Xbox Series X xxx whatever <laughs> box uh, uh, too many x's just the yeah one. So, so, yeah i was gonna say well, yeah either too many too few whatever don't ever settle on there. three <laughs> <laughs> uh if you guys enjoy the content that we are putting together here on the gamers in go and check out patreon you can go to patreon.com slash gamers in to support the show we appreciate each and every one of you over there helping us out. We are still currently looking for our August patrons. So if you want a shout out on the show, again, go to patreon.com slash the gamers in, which brings us to our news this week. We've got some doozies of stories to talk about tonight. Uh, we talked a little bit about Apple last week on a totally unrelated matter, but now Fortnite has thrown down the gauntlet in terms of battling it out with Apple and Google. So essentially what happened is um epic games in in a rather cheeky move rolled out an update without going through the normal channels at apple that allowed people to circumvent apple's normal pay options so if you guys are unaware uh apple and i'm fairly certain google but uh, feel free to correct me with if i'm wrong but um apple takes 30 percent off the top from their developers on sales within the store and within their apps. So what Fortnite did, or I guess what Epic did, was within Fortnite, they actually had a, they they built a new store page right within uh, the Fortnite app on the iPhone or on the iOS, I guess. And it literally said, uh, how would you prefer to pay? And it said, you know, through the Apple App Store, $9.99, directly through, for, or directly through Epic, $7.99. <laughs> Like, and they did the exact same thing in the Android stores. They said, would you like to pay through Google? $9.99. Would you like to pay through Epic? $7.99. And um, basically, I uh, got promptly pulled out of the out of the app stores because uh, circumventing Apple's, um, I guess, Apple's pay in terms of service, it, it's it's pay structure is is not allowed. And so the apps were removed and now Apple has taken that one step further because they're talking about actually removing all of Epic's developer tools from the iOS store as well, which is a huge deal because like we talked uh, years ago now about the whole Fortnite versus PUBG issue, Epic Games actually makes the software that a lot of games are built with and so because they are they own that engine those developer tools are actually a really really big deal so this has kind of gone from a you know like a dick measuring contest <laughs> to <laughs> a very large legal battle in the course of a week <laughs> yeah less than a week i think this happened on thursday it's only tuesday <laughs> it, it's escalated quite quickly and uh in the latest news as you said was apple threatening to basically terminate so essentially what they're doing is they're they're saying we're going to terminate epic's developer account which means that they won't be able to update the unreal engine uh, right which also means that 
you know, when Apple releases a new OS like Clockwork every fall, you could have issues with that engine. It could not be compatible. Some games just might not be able to run. And it 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 has, my understanding, far-reaching issues of not just Epic's games, but all, like you said, all games running Unreal. All games running on that engine. Yeah. yeah Unreal is a is an engine that's used by many games, including some that are on the on Apple's own Apple Arcade subscription service. So this, you know, Apple is saying, well, and Apple is saying, this is what we would do for any company that violated our terms of service. And they did, you know, Epic did violate their terms of service because you're not allowed absolutely. to. You know, absolutely. Exactly. And I know that is an argument that's been made. Um, and I agree with it. Like, yeah, you sign those you sign those agreements, really what should be happening is you have that conversation. And maybe they have had these conversations, you know, behind closed doors well, and, and saying, fix, fix your, your cut, you know, like 30% yeah, exactly, across the board because, doesn't work anymore. Exactly. And that is kind of, it seems like, so uh, there's two sides of this and I don't want you guys to think that we're just, you know, blindly, or at least me, because I know I'm, I'm on Epic side here. Um, I don't want you to think that I like blindly made that choice. Like obviously there are rules. It's Apple's platform. They very much say, you know, if you want access to our billion people that are using our device, these are our terms for you to be on our platform. Like, I get that it's their platform. They get to make the rules. But I think it's um, it's really interesting that Epic has decided to kind of frame this as like their their loss, their lawsuit specifically is basically saying like um, they are monopolizing the um the mobile market and and saying you know you have to agree to our ridiculously high cut in order to have access to these patrons and they're kind of levying the same charges against google so i guess it's not a monopoly it's what's the one when there's two of them duopoly i don't know anyways there's another opoly involved yeah, just don't but... go, go to jail <laughs> go directly to jail uh yeah all that fun stuff. Uh, and basically epic is saying we don't want anything um direct like we don't want any damages we don't want anything we're just basically now that we have the money to stand up to these platforms we are doing it on behalf of not only ourselves, but all of the other developers on the platform, because a 30% cut is ridiculous. Now, obviously, they are going to benefit financially if this actually goes through. If the, the, they win the legal battle with Apple and um, the courts say, Apple, you can't charge 30% anymore, you have to drop it to something more reasonable, and they go to even 20 that means that, you know, that's 10% more that Epic is going to get on every sale that goes through the Apple App Store. So, you know, they're going to benefit financially. But what's really interesting is that all of these other development companies are also going to benefit financially. And we've seen a lot of accounts coming out on Twitter saying, you know, hey, I'm a small indie dev. And if I had even 10% more of my sales, and it's a lot of the same kind of arguments that um, Epic has had even with Steam in the past, is basically by, you know, taking their store and giving more back to the developers, the developers are then able to do more in their games. And we've had developers come out and say, you know, we wouldn't have to crowdfund or we could do, you know, XYZ features if we had that 10% more money from the sales of our own game. 
Like these, these are not insignificant numbers to these smaller developers. It's, you know, the difference between funding a game completely on the sales of the, of the previous one versus having to crowdsource every time. And, you know, like it just, it would make a big deal, a big deal to a lot of these smaller developers. So basically Fortnite is, or Epic is saying like basically by levying the fan base and levying the numbers that they have with Fortnite, Epic is saying, Hey, we're going to bat for the little guy with our, 18 point whatever billion they made last year <laughs> like they are now a company that can represent smaller developers up against these big conglomerates like apple and google so i mean it's like obviously they're going to get something out of it and they've kind of um positioned themselves very well because like a lot of people are coming down on their side because they didn't you know, go for a big cash grab in in the um, in the lawsuit. Like they're basically just they want a a legal decision, a legal bearing here for um like the basically Apple and Google to lower their cuts. They want the courts to to intervene, and they will get more money as a result of that. But that's they're not like PR wise. They're they're making a, they're making a really smart play here. They've they've positioned themselves as the the ones that are going after the big guys for the underdog and the, and the ones that can't fight for themselves sort of thing. So regardless of how this legal case actually plays out, like I, I feel like Epic is the big winner here. And let's be honest, like they needed some good PR. Like there's a lot of people that rip on Epic just for them being Epic, regardless of what they do. And uh, them going after Apple seems to have finally garnered them uh, some good PR. So, I mean, it's great marketing yeah. <laughs> regardless of if they win or not. Well, that I mean, it's straight up part of it was marketing uh, soon after this happened. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> they had that 1984 uh, Within parody. like 30 seconds. They like, had it, it prepared. so fast. They were ready for that. Well, I mean, obviously they did because they had the they had the um, the legal stuff all ready to go. And, you know, like it, it, as soon as they put push that update and then, you know, Apple kicked them off, then. Yeah, they were they were prepared with their with their court. Um, Oh, what do you? Their court documents and yeah. stuff, and their filings. Their filings. Like they were ready to go. As this someone, was their plan. Yeah, as someone who's done that, like not specifically that, but uh, not as big a thing, but has done like a court. Like, you've filing. never sued Apple. <laughs> I've never sued Apple, but I, like I've prepared like documents and and filings for for uh, for, for that, court. Yeah, for court, and it is a lot of work. And I mean, it feels great when the judge compliments you, but you you do, it's a lot <laughs> of work, and. This is not something they they did lightly. They they put code in their game. They did it deliberately. They had the the filing. Like you said, they have a clear motive here to bring light to the fact that Apple and Google need to change their way of doing business. And Epic has done this a couple times, you know, before the Epic Game Store with Fortnite. It might have been with the Epic Game Store, but with Fortnite, they implemented crossplay. Whoops, by accident. And people <laughs> on PlayStation 4 started playing against people on Xbox One. They quickly rolled that back, saying it was an accident. We're just testing it. But look how easy it was. And that rallied the fan base to get the consoles on board because all it takes is one console to say, yeah, let's do it, which was Xbox and PC. And then Switch came on board. And then PlayStation was like, we're going to figure it out. 
and eventually yeah, they did. Yeah, we can't not, right? Yeah, and, but they <laughs> we were- can't be the only ones. They had to come out and make a, a really tough statement, which was basically like, we aren't ready, but we're working on it, and we will we will have something to say soon enough. And, and they did it, and kudos to Sony for, for, you know, they bellied up to the table last, but they did it, and they didn't kick up too much of a fuss. And then with the Epic Game Store, they launched the Epic Game Store- and they started going out. And I know people don't like it when they go after the exclusives, but again, that benefits the developers a lot. You have to think of it from that side of things. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it is really just to have a game on their on their store and it does hurt the consumers. It gives the developers something a little extra, but sometimes it does hurt the consumers. I will say that. But it did prompt Steam to look at their uh, cuts. It They didn't change much, but they changed some from the static 30%. I believe it was it was a static thirty percent, and then they went down to based on sales and cut it right, down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I I think that that's the way it works now. Basically, like the more you sell, the more of a cut you get of your own game. Basically, oh no, it's, I think it's the I think it's the opposite. The more you sell, the more Steam gets, right? Oh, because okay. the idea is basically, and and the same thing with Epic too. The idea is basically the more transactions and the more traffic you run through someone else's store the more money it costs to run that store. To run the store. Okay, yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. So with Apple and Google, they've had this 30% cut for, well, I mean, my first iPhone I got in college, so 12, 13 years, almost 15 years that we've had these smartphones with these app stores, 30%'s been the, the norm. And they've been very comfortable. It needs a legal proceeding to challenge that and make Apple and Google change their tunes because again it comes back to the anti-competitive laws and that how else do you get apple and google to change not even microsoft could do it like microsoft was in the phone business blackberry no one can touch these two anymore and they are so comfortable staying at the 30 percent cut all it would take is google or apple to be like yeah we'll we'll bring we'll do a tiered thing uh you know 10 sell under ten thousand copies you don't give us anything and then we'll just go up from there and and will get up to 30%. I think Epic should be paying 30%. I really think they should. Um, right, because they they have so many transactions and mm-hmm. so many players. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and, But Apple and Google both have agreements that they've made behind closed doors with a lot of companies like Amazon and Netflix and stuff where you can subscribe to their services through their apps without, Google, without Apple or Google getting a cut. But that is right, a specific and agreement. This- this was the very thing that Epic was talking about is that, you know, like the the terms of service of Apple basically say thou shalt not allow purchases to, that um, circumvent the app store. And then at the same time, they have apps like Amazon that will allow me to purchase directly from Amazon and I don't pay any more whether I go to the like um, the actual app, I don't pay anymore if I go to the website and I don't pay any like on my phone or if I go to the website on my PC, it doesn't matter. The price on Amazon is the price on Amazon, period. So there are companies that are getting these like behind closed doors deals to mm-hmm. waive these fees because otherwise their apps, you know, wouldn't work in the app store. Like who is going to pay an extra 30% for something on Amazon? Yeah. Nobody. No, that's <laughs> so, how I shop yeah. on Amazon is through the app. And it's through the app. Yeah, me on, too. On the iOS store. And and here's the thing is is basically every time you see Apple 
and and again, I'm an Apple user, so maybe Google does this too. I don't necessarily want to assume on that side because I know it is a little different. There's side loading and other stores and stuff. But on Apple, when uh, when whenever they make an exception, it is usually directly related to Apple having their own servers. We talked a little bit about this last week. In that, yes, with the with the games thing. Exactly. So Apple has Apple TV Plus you know, um, Netflix, all those other apps look at that and be like, okay, well, if, if we're to compete with you, you need to give us a level playing field. Obviously you're, you're taking a hundred percent on the Apple TV plus stuff. Therefore you have a competitive advantage to make more money selling through your devices. And Apple TV plus is exclusive to, I think 90% Apple devices. But if you look at, yeah, I don't think you can actually get it off uh, like I don't think you can get it anywhere else. I you can get you it on to... Samsung TVs and on the web. I've watched it on like a Windows PC through like Chrome or right, whatever. Right, but, but is that because like you are an iPhone user though? Uh, well, anyone can sign up, but you're right. Oh, like okay. I, I, okay. I think that um, you definitely I didn't benefit think you could by even being... sign up if you didn't have like an Apple TV or an iPhone or an iPad or whatever. I believe you can. Um. But I, I, I could be wrong because, again, I, I have it through being tied to the ecosystem. I, I got a new Yeah, me too. And, and I, <laughs> I have it, it yeah, because, yeah, me too. I got my, <laughs> uh, my I guess, iPhone 10 or 11 or whatever it is that I'm using. And, uh, yeah, it came with a free year of, uh, of Apple TV so yeah. or Apple so, TV Plus, I guess, whatever. I think this is just one of those things where Epic is uh, kind of looking at Apple and saying, well, we're going to we're going to speed this up. You're getting more interested in gaming you know, you treat, they even say you treat games differently and Apple's yeah. always treated games differently. And I, what do I want to see from this? I don't want to see Epic get more money. And as you said, they are taking paths to, to look as though they're doing, they're doing the Robin hood thing as opposed to just being like, we want to make more money. Uh, I hope that this, this creates positive change with both these stores. I think Apple basically saying like we're not going to sort this they they're probably talking behind closed doors but them publicly stating we're terminating your you know developer account as per terms of service that's going a bit far uh i know it's part of their terms of service so you can definitely look at that and say like wow rules be rules however apple's got to know what's going on here epic didn't do this because they wanted to flippantly break the rules they wanted they want to do this to create change so i think with apple you to look good this is one of those times where you got to say we're gonna have to eat our hat here pause the terms of service sort of actions because they i don't think they've done they've they've had to do something like this especially at this scale you pause that and again i don't know if that affects legal proceedings or whatever it creates a loophole like ha, ah, we got you kind of thing but i feel for apple's sake because they've not looked good in the in the sort of like core mainstream audience standpoint which which is where it matters consumers um they should have paused this effort and and probably tried to figure this out without publicly stating yo we're pulling you from our platforms not just ios but mac as well that's a yeah. huge deal and i know apple doesn't need epic but uh i think epic needs apple in this sense because there are all, there's not a lot of mac gamers but there are a lot of ios gamers um and every, I think someone was saying that's like a billion accounts or something or a billion devices. It, it's crazy how, and then you've looped in Google now. So it's like mm -hmm. a good portion of folks can't access Fortnite. That's a big deal. <laughs> you know, this is the biggest game out there right now. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and like, like we said off the top, you know, with Epic's engine as well, you know, it's, it's going to impact almost everybody I would imagine who is, who is a gamer on iOS or Android. Like we're talking all mobile games potentially, or, you know, the, at least setting the precedent that, Hey, guess what? You may not be developing on Epic's engine, but unless you are developing a hundred percent on like Apple, Apple products, Apple software and engines and everything, like we could pull the rug out from under you at any moment because the larger company pissed us off. Like, and I'm not a legal expert at all, but uh, I feel like we're, we're just at a fundamental shift right now. And I, I don't know which way it's going to go, but I feel like however this all plays out, it's going to change the development ecosystem for games forever like this this is it guys <laughs> so uh you may may not be following it but i do i really urge you guys to uh go and kind of educate yourself a little bit about what's going on with apple and google and epic right now because uh this is a throwdown and it's going to change how basically gamers do business and and develop their games and and everything else so uh do go and uh, educate yourselves a little bit we have links in our show notes we have one final piece of news, and uh, Ryan, I don't even know if you saw me throw this in here. I don't know if you saw it today, but we just saw Oculus, which I believe is now, um, I, I believe that they're owned by Facebook. They've been owned by Facebook for a while. Um, yeah. A couple of years, but at they, least three or four years. I was going to say, yeah, I do. I do vaguely remember them, you know, being acquired. But what changed today is that Oculus is uh, no longer going to uh, basically honor any Oculus account. They're going to force users to log in with Facebook accounts. Now, this is not happening overnight. They are going to like gen um, gently encourage you <laughs> right now to use your Facebook account to log in. And they're using it, uh, they're basically saying, you know, to unlock the full social potential blah, 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 PR speak for we want you to use our platform exclusively, <laughs> like get on board or get off Oculus. And uh, yeah, so they're basically saying um, right now you can choose to tie your accounts together and eventually the Oculus ones will be um, kind of phased out. I believe the date was 2023 that Oculus accounts were no longer going to be active. So, I mean, they're, they've they've given you a long like headway <laughs> on this but uh, that is eventually the where the wind is blowing is that um they're going to slowly take features away from oculus only accounts and the only way to access everything to do with the oculus is going to be through a facebook account until eventually oculus accounts are no longer going to exist and the only way you'll be able to log in is with a facebook account so ryan the reason i threw this in here is because well first of all I am not a fan of forcing a Facebook login because <laughs> I never use my Facebook. And, you know, like it just Facebook has a lot of problems as a platform, as a like with privacy, with it. Just like I'm not going to go into all of that today. We just did a big piece on Apple and Google and Epic. And that is about <laughs> as far as my like consumer advocacy and legal advice can go but basically facebook's bad okay mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh yeah so as someone who actually like participates and and owns a, a piece of oculus tech like what are your thoughts on not being able to uh kind of break away from the facebook ecosystem 
Yeah. So for me, I've I've always seen Oculus as a Facebook company. I know when Facebook bought Oculus, they very much kept an arm's length, but lately the Oculus division has started to snap up companies. They own the Beat Saber developers. They've uh, purchased other developers that are making popular VR games that end up coming across coming to other platforms. And early on with VR, it was very much a, a niche sort of uh, segment of gaming, splintered by the fact that you had Oculus, you had Vive, you had Steam. But now Oculus seems to, you know, we're going back to monopolies. Like Oculus is, I think, the uh, the dominating platform when it comes to VR because of the Quest. The Quest has done very well for that company as a standalone device and has a lot of functionality to allow for the, you, you plug in a cable and plug it into your computer and then you can play full VR games on this standalone $500 headset, right? You can go out and buy the bigger one if you want, but the point of it being is I think Facebook... It became more accessible. There's really no one else that's competing with them in this space. Exactly. So Facebook stayed away because I think as much as we hate Facebook, I think Facebook knows that we hate Facebook. I think they're aware. (laughs) They don't do much to change that because they do have billions of people using it, but people... They know. <laughs> they know. So when they announced this, I think I'm not surprised it didn't happen sooner because I know they were allowing Oculus to build on their own. But I figured it was coming down the road because the Oculus accounts are very rudimentary. And Facebook has a store, has messaging, has your personal information. Uh, and your friends list. Yeah, your friends and, list. And they're also, I think, expecting or at least hoping to leverage the fact that so many of us, myself included, have basically a Facebook account left over from university, <laughs> you know, like and they and they want to, again, like tie us together, get more information, see what we're doing now, see what we're using. Like, yeah, I haven't posted extensively on my Facebook in a long time. But as soon as you start using it, I mean, it's all just again, they have your personal information. It's just more stuff. For them to use to make money and to, you know, throw ads in your face and and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it is. It's very much a a, just another way to figure out who you're connected with and how. Yeah. And again, like I I enjoy the Oculus platform um, and I look at this news and I think to myself like, well, you know what? Our Oculus accounts were Facebook accounts, and they even say you can keep your VR account, your VR Facebook account separate from your Facebook account. You're still logging in with your Facebook account, but the the two, from a social standpoint, don't have to meet. You don't have to connect your friends. If you were already, you this is this is the core issue I have with this announcement is a lot of people are going to react negatively to this, and they and them not wanting to connect their Facebook accounts. I'm sorry to say, but you already were using a Facebook account. It's called your Oculus account because Facebook is Oculus. So yeah, because they're already owned by them. So yeah, yeah. merging your accounts, um, logging in with Facebook, creating a dummy Facebook account. They already had all the information you were already giving them. And then maybe some like if you were like all those headsets, if you want to get really into it, they all have you know, forward facing cameras capturing your room, man, they could be scanning your lamp and figuring out what your design choice is. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, you already went down it. 
you know, yeah, you forcing yourself. Okayed. Yeah. Did you read the TOS? I did not. And you know what? My lamps yeah. are shit. I would love a suggestion. Um, Please, Facebook, help me design my living room. Honestly, you punch those those lamps so much, you're going to need to replace them. If anything, no, I'm obviously kidding here. We don't, I'm not suggesting that's what Facebook is doing, but again. Well, but there's been, there has been a lot of privacy concerns with mm, like, you know, oh, I'll be sitting here and I won't even touch my phone and I'll be talking to my husband about how we need to hire a plumber and the next thing I know, I've got some pumps on my ads on Facebook. And I'm like, how? How? It's like, oh, it's because you're literally listening to me talk. <laughs> like, at some point, there's been some, you know, allow this app to do this thing. And I've just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need to do this one thing real quick. Whatever. Go, go, go. And then you forget to turn those permissions off or you forget to pay attention to what you're okaying. And before you know it, literally everything is listening to you all the time. Like Google right now has a little like little little circle thing on on my shelf right next to me. And it's just waiting for me to say, OK, and then it's going to start spitting things out. Sometimes our TV even activates it by accident. And she'll just start talking to us. Yeah. Like, and that might not have been Facebook. literally always listening. That might have <laughs> been not Google, only Facebook, but yeah. And then like activated and in, in the Google Chrome browser. And then there was a cookie set up and that cookie shared across all your platforms. And now Amazon is displaying you know yeah, everything Facebook's connected. just reading your cookies or whatever yeah like everything that you put yeah. out there <laughs> so, is being tracked exactly. and bought and sold <laughs> and i'm not defending facebook i'm kind of just looking at this scenario and i i wanted i, I had shared i saw this and i had shared it and i was gonna write like you were already doing facebook you just you just weren't acknowledging it i mean you're using yeah, instagram they're, they're hitting you in the face with it now <laughs> yeah you use whatsapp one of the most popular messaging ch channels you know and and there's literally a function to back up chat and to facebook so again it's you're a lot of people are already doing this i think what we can give facebook some uh like they're not saying everyone has to switch by the end of this year they're saying you, ha you if you want to wait we'll support it to january 2023 and that gives you enough time. If you bought, let's say you bought a Quest like I did previous to October 2020, which is when they are going to ship new devices that require a Facebook account. If you owned it, if you bought a device previous to October 2020, you have three years to enjoy it without having your Facebook account to it tied to it. If that is your, which is your choice and Facebook is going to uh, allow you to do that and support it. And again, in three years, there's going to be many new devices. You know, you could go buy a Valve uh, VR headset. You can go buy an HTC headset. You have other options. And Facebook is essentially giving you the ability to continue to enjoy your, your headset. And then in two years, when it is old and, and uh, obsolete, because let's face it, these VR heads, they are moving quickly. Like I remember playing with the Rift then getting a go a year later and then getting a quest a year and a half later. And the way those things have jumped in two years, you're looking at, you're going to be looking at a major jump elsewhere, especially as, as other companies catch up with what the quest it's is like doing. The console cycle, but on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just moving so quickly. So again, you got to give Facebook some props in their ability to save face here and say, look, like we'll support your choice to stay with the Oculus account. Cause again, no one would fault. This is Facebook. They don't care if they get, hey, they get enough of it. They could have said, starting October 20, new devices are going to require a Facebook account. And starting October 
or May 2021 when our when our new new headsets come out, you're all going to have to switch or or GTFO, right? So Well, I mean, realistically, they could have done that in October. They could have said, "Hey, yeah. new devices come out from now on, you're required to log in with a Facebook account." End of story. Yeah. But by all means, if you want to be angry about this, you can be angry about it, but again, if you deleted your Facebook account, and I know a lot of people have, um, you may still have Instagram. It's not a private, like, I get it. Facebook does suck. But if you reactivate your Facebook account just to play your Oculus games and switch off all the social stuff, we don't know. They do say, like, you don't have to use the show, the social stuff that they've implemented. And again, we won't know until the new software comes out in October or around there to determine how much of that you can shut off. But my experience with the Facebook integration with Oculus is it's basically a friend finder and then you can turn off sort of the social side of it right because let's face it, i don't have friends i don't have many friends that are playing vr right it's a very small yeah. <laughs> you know i keep facebook for basically family right and uh i'm not teaching my mom how to use a new social platform uh i'll stick with facebook for now um but yeah this is i get it it's 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 news that not a lot of people want to hear. So I feel their pain, but I'm kind of sitting here like, you know, it was already Facebook. So I, I, I'll make the merge. I mean, they're saying that basically if you stick with your Oculus account past the 2023 deadline, you can still use your device and they're going to work hard to make sure you can keep the content you've purchased, but it may not work. Like it, it just might not work. Like they're covering their bases here and saying like, if you, if you want well, yeah, it's no longer going to be supported. Like yeah. that's, th there's tons of things out there that are no longer, like, I, I feel like windows XP was a big one <laughs> where like Microsoft was like, yo, this thing's like 15 years old now. We're yeah. not going to support this anymore. And there were like government agencies that were like, no, we are going to hold on to windows XP until you pry it out of our cold dead fingers. I mean, seven was another one that they struggled with. Like yeah, this is seven. Yep. <laughs> this is uh, this is natural. I think where the core issue is, like, if this were any other company, it wouldn't be a, like. Let's say Google bought Oculus, and Google was like, "Hey, we're going to make you switch and merge with your Google account." No one would bat, and no eye. one and, would care. And Google's yeah. pretty evil. Like they even removed the "Don't be evil" in their like near their their po company policy right like yeah who like, does no, that we're just someone who's evil. we're we're full-on evil now yeah yep. <laughs> or at least they they're opening themselves up to that option down the road to the possibility yeah like maybe we want to be evil we but just don't want to like close off possible yeah. future avenues we're just keeping our options open you know yeah. good evil somewhere in between you know why would we tie ourselves way. down right you know yeah. just uh we just want flexibility, yeah. you know? We're just the yoga of companies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But but again, because... It, and I'm, I'm not mocking folks that don't like Facebook, because I get it. I also don't like Facebook. But this is... Uh, the, the surprise here to me is how much time they're giving people to stick around with mm. something that Facebook is considering obsolete, right? That's a yeah. big window. And if you truly feel upset about this which is fine i think it's you you have a couple years to look at what other headsets are coming out and really this is a this is a window for the competitors to basically like well let's make sure we release something before january 2023 you know um that isn't a thousand dollars i mean you look at the latest vr headset that came out in the spring which was the valve index it's like 1200 dollars canadian and you yeah. can go buy which, an Oculus again, Quest like for like 500 
yeah, this is where the Oculus and the Quest is really kind of cornering the market, I guess. Like, it's a pretty niche market anyways, but anyone who's looking at getting into this and seeing if it's even something that they want to play around with, like you're either stuck with doing something along the lines of like the gaming stuff with like the PlayStation VR or whatever, but then you're investing in not only a PlayStation, but then the VR stuff, which is on top of that, which is somewhere between five and $700, but you have to have the PlayStation console as well. So again, you're pushing over the thousand dollar mark. And then you've got, like you said, the new stuff coming out is between a thousand, twelve hundred bucks, maybe more. And then you've got the Oculus chilling out, being fully functional and awesome for like less than half of that. So, I mean, they've definitely found their market. They're a great entry product. It's just, you know, do you want to get in bed with Facebook? And, you know, like Ryan's right. You already have like, you know, you you got that herpes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, and and some of the Facebook integration, and again, I don't want to get, I might get some heat for appearing to defend Facebook, but I think it's just, it, it, like you said, it is what it is and already implemented with Oculus because again, they've owned Facebook. So if you tied your Facebook account already into your Oculus platform, Facebook will use information related to your use of VR and other Facebook products to provide and improve your experience. This information is also used to show you personalized content, including ads. For example, we might show you recommendations for Oculus events you might like, ads about Facebook apps and technologies, or ads from developers of other VR apps. Like that, that sounds like what we're getting across from an advertising and marketing standpoint across every platform we engage in. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just because it's Facebook, because they've had such a really terrible track record with personal data. Um, it it is alarming and i'm looking at this and i'm like i'm as much as i love the oculus platform i'm thinking maybe maybe i do open up the ability to uh to a new you know a new headset come you know post january 2023 because again most of the content i'm engaging with or will be engaging with still close to 2023 is content i've purchased on the steam platform that just works on my that's my concern if facebook try like this this could be seen as sort of a locking down mechanism we're saying you have to use your facebook account does it then lead i feel to... like we've been talking about that a lot tonight yeah. <laughs> who's locking down what platform and why <laughs> well yeah because this is a this is a facebook platform and i would just yeah. hate to see them say like look no more side loading no more steam vr you can only engage with oculus and they've said time and again like no like we will allow you to play steam vr games on your oculus and uh, we don't like people engaging with Oculus content on other devices, and and they try their best to kind of stop that from working, but not the other way around. Like the bigger problem I'd have here is if Oculus or if Facebook came out and said, like, look, we're locking Oculus platform the platform down so that if you have an Oculus device, you're only playing Oculus purchased games because Which, that, yeah again going back to the apple google yeah, thing very is, much yeah. is very much yeah locking exactly. down and saying you know only oculus games from the oculus store on the oculus hardware which is making it more and more like apple so they're not doing that they're basically saying look you've got oculus hardware you've got options and the uh, it's actually almost more like um the android model right like you've you've got your oculus hardware but you can you can get stuff from wherever you want and play it on there as long as you're using our hardware so you know i mean I, I again it's the sort of thing that we'll have to see how it plays out but um yeah I I kind of I agree with you I mean 
saw a lot of people freaking out about this, but you know, you've kind of already been in bed with them. So what can you do? <laughs> and, and I, I would like to see what everybody else is going to do. Cause you're also right about competitors having a window now. So um, yeah, pay attention to what's coming out in the world of VR. It still makes me want to vomit. So I can't play VR, but you know, for everybody else who doesn't have to worry about being physically ill when they put on a VR headset, <laughs> I hope that there's something that can compete with the Oculus in your near future. <laughs> That's going to do it for us tonight. If you guys want to join the conversation, you can join us at bit.ly slash TGI discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Brian is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Yeah.